Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Empowering You podcast. I'm so pumped to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, for today's in, uh, episode, I've been sitting down with Sarah Bonner. Sarah is a triathlete from Canada. Now she's living in the Canary Islands and in general, she's just living a super cool and very inspiring life. So I wanted to sit down with her and just figure out how she has done it and how she goes about things, how her mindset is. And yeah, it was super cool. I really, really liked this interview. So I'm sure you're going to love this episode. If you do so, please make sure to subscribe to the channel and also leave me a review. I'd love to know what you like about the show and also how could I make it better. So, so thank you so much and now enjoy the show. Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the Empowering You podcast. Today I'm sitting here with Sarah. Sarah is a triathlete, she's a working athlete, so she also works on the side. Um, I don't want to take too much away, I'm super curious to hear her story, so I want to just give the word to you, Sarah. Tell us your story. What have you been doing all your life and how have you been getting to where you are today and what you're doing today? Um, well, if we're going far back, I guess the last thing on the planet I ever thought I would be is an athlete. I did not like sports growing up at all. I hated it. I always had to <laughs> convince my gym teacher to let me pass by doing like special credits and things like that. Um, and then my dad started cycling because he was really stressed at work and he convinced me to come with him riding like when I was home at Christmas or in the holidays. And that was the first time I really had a positive experience with sport. And uh, I connected with my dad a lot. So our relationship changed like for the positive. And I just like I really had like good feelings when I was cycling. Um, so I started to cycle a little bit for fun, like 10 kilometers is a big ride for me. It wasn't anything like athlete life or anything like that. Um, but then my dad signed me up for a hundred kilometer race. Damn. <laughs> um, That's a big step so, up. <laughs> it was a big one. Um, so I trained for that in the gym on a spin bike cause I didn't really know what else to do. And I think I like the longest I rode was like 40 minutes or something, but my dad was very patient and very sweet. And he just stayed with me the whole time. And it took me like five hours, <laughs> um, but I got it done. And that just kind of like ignited the flame, I guess, for sport. Um, and at the time I just moved to Cape town in South Africa from Canada to do my master's and I always loved school, was very into my academics, but um, I kind of started to fall out of love with academics and fall in love with cycling. <laughs> so <laughs> um, when I was supposed to be writing my thesis, I would often just go out cycling instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that kind of shift was happening. And then at the time I met my old partner who was a professional cyclist. Uh, he wasn't professional at the time, but uh, we eventually moved over to Europe from South Africa for him to pursue cycling. Um, so he was cycling and I was like working on the side to support us and like just training to stay healthy and fit. Um, and that was kind of how I, I really saw what athlete life was like. 
I'm, I started to meet a lot of professional athletes, um, started to train a little bit more seriously, still working and everything, but, um, just enjoying it more and more and wanting to progress more and more. Um, and then with him, we lived in Holland, we lived all over France, we were in California for a season, wherever, whatever team he signed, like we moved there. <laughs> so I kind of got like this whirlwind tour of the world and sport. And then uh, he suggested maybe I should do a triathlon just for fun, just to see. So I didn't know how to swim. <laughs> So <laughs> I was like, well, I'll do a duathlon because I can run and, and bike. So I did a duathlon, but very quickly realized there's not a lot around. And triathlon was what everyone was doing in the multi-sport world. So after maybe like two years of thinking about it, <laughs> um, I'm not a risk taker. I like to plan. Um I signed up for the half Ironman in Lanzarote, not knowing it was one of the hardest courses out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so just started to train for that. I did an Olympic distance in France just before, which was awful because I didn't speak the language. <laughs> um, and then came to Lanzarote, did the half Ironman. I ended up winning my age group. Um, and if anyone in the Ironman world knows you have to decide that day if you're going to go to world championships and you have to pay for it that day so I didn't even know what world championships was I didn't know anything about it but here they are like waving this like ticket go race in Austria um so I had and to you're like smashed on the floor after the race right so <laughs> I, couldn't, I could not walk I had, like going down the stairs backwards I never knew that type of pain before <laughs> It was terrible, but like, that was the first time I like did well in a sport. So I was like, oh, like this feels great. Like it just took away all the pain. Yeah. Um, so I called my parents to ask if I could use the emergency credit card. <laughs> um, and I, and I booked my, my ticket to age group world champs. And then kind of after that, it's just been like progress. Um, I did a few races before world championships and then world champs came, had an awful day, just absolutely horrible. Like everything went wrong. Oh. Um, so I decided to do one more just to end the whole sport athlete thing on a positive note. And then uh, like last minute decision decided to do this extra race and I had like the best day ever I had an amazing race like smashed all my goals and my times and just because I was surrounded by so many pro athletes like I had looked to see what it would take to qualify to get my professional license in Canada um, and I got the qualifying time so I was like, I didn't really tell anyone I wanted to do it. I wanted to qualify first. Um, but I qualified that day. And then I thought, okay, let's just, let's just go one more, one more year, see how it goes. But it's been progressing since then. And now, now here I am. How many years have passed since that moment where you decided to, to go professional then or get the license? 
So I did my first half Ironman in October 2014. And then I raced one year as an age group. And then I took my I qualified at the end of that year. And I took my pro license in 2016. Um, I raced 2016, which was awful. Um, and then I raced 2017. I got my pro license on a road bike with clip ons. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of struggles moving on to a TT bike. Um, <laughs> so that was a big one. Um, so I raced two years professionally and then I was hit by a car in 2018. And oh. that's been my life since it's just been recovering. It's taken almost two years and oh, yeah, so I just had hip surgery in November, and I'm hoping that's like the last thing that's going to get me back to racing again. So now for two years, there was no races, but you're still like, it's still training with the goal of getting back to your old level. Yeah, it's been definitely more of a mental challenge than a physical one, Um Cause you, I never really wanted to quit. That's never really been in my mind, but you do feel the pressure of other people's expectations that you think. Um, and you just, your motivation like wane, wanes and waxes. So you're like, do I really want this still? I'm not sure. Like, am I really going to get better? Like what's the long-term game here? Um, but then something will happen. I'm like, no, I really, I still really want this. I'm still motivated. I still feel like in my gut, this is like where I need to be. This is the right path. So yeah, I just hold on to those moments and keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to get deeper into one thing you said here. And it's like the expectations of other people. And that has always been a big topic for me on the podcast when I talk to people, because I think often... Um, expectations of other people stay in the way of what we really want and I think a lot a lot of people out there they actually go for what people expect, expect them to do instead of what they really want to do and I can clearly see you're the opposite you're, you're like fuck it I do what I want to do and I do what's important for me so how do you do that that you turn off those voices or that you convince them that you're on the right way or how do you go about that, like going against well, the expectations? I think first, I think it's funny to hear that because I feel like that's like a really big challenge in my <laughs> life. So I'm glad, like, at least on the outside, it looks like that. But I definitely struggle a lot with that, especially when I started going into sport. I was always really good at academics and like hard work pays off very quickly there. And it's not true in sport. <laughs> especially without a background in sport, you know, mm. like I get to the start line and just because there's not a lot of women in triathlon, I'm, I'm like a first year pro and I'm standing next to former Olympians who are now triathlon world champions. And they have like the girl on this other side of me has like a 12 pack and she's like four feet taller than me. <laughs> and I'm just like, what am I doing here? Um, <laughs> And also, I think you go like I went from working and having like consistent financial like stability and becoming an athlete. It's been like up and down. And 
obviously people have expectations like when you reach a certain age like past university and stuff you're supposed to have a job and like a good relationship and like be on the track for family and like all of these things um so I felt the pressure of that a lot um just and also in performance, like you say, you're a pro athlete and people think you're going to the Olympics and mm. it's like, well, that's like 1% of the people out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think I have to give credit to my parents. Like they've been so supportive um, and just the, like our family values, it's always been work hard. Like as long as you're moving forward in your life and you're happy, then that's what's important. Um, I mean, also I have to be like be independent and like take care of myself and that sort of stuff, mm -hmm. but they've always really been there to like be my emotional support system when I've needed them. Um, and then I've also worked with a sports psychologist on and off. Like I had a lot of issues when I started to deal with, and I'd say most of them were about dealing with other people's expectations and just, like letting myself have this space to grow in the sport and like it's okay to like be at the bottom and learn um and give yourself time to deal with that and also time to like feel the pressure and like work through it and get to a space where you can say you know what like I'm here they're over there I'm gonna do my thing and I'm really happy with that and that's mm -hmm. fine you can't just say that as I've learned, <laughs> you really have to do the work and like know it and feel it. Um, so it's been a process, but I think as you get experience, you just get better at it. And I think it's probably you constantly remind yourself of like why you're doing it and why this makes you happy, especially now when you're, when you don't even get to compete, it must be even harder now, no? Yeah, I think I've, because I've always, competition's always been, like, really difficult for me, like, mentally, obviously, physically as well. Um, but I think coming into it, like, a bit more mature, like, I didn't start when I was mm -hmm. 10. I've always been from behind, and I've always gone in knowing training's, like, 99% of it. If you're not enjoying training, like, those few race days, like, they're so fleeting. It's, <laughs> and they they can be such an emotional roller coaster. You can't hang your hat there. So I think just really enjoying training and even now like being injured, there's there, like, I've still been progressing in things and we've still been working on things and I've been getting, doing lots of swimming work. So that's been a blessing in disguise. And like, I, I always think like you get to, you choose to be an athlete, but you don't get to choose like what happens to you after that. So you have to deal with it. Like whatever the cards you're dealt with, like if you want to be an athlete, if you're injured, you have to deal with that. If you're winning races, that's awesome. You get to deal with that, but you, you don't get to pick what your hand is all the time. Yeah. And if you think about it, like uh, from a negative point of view, like, oh, no, that's happened to me. Then, then you just beat yourself up for, for like no reason. So it's just uh, the career deals you the cards and, and you make the best out of it, right? Um, we've also talked uh, or we have been talking about some or tell, you told us some setbacks and some struggles that you had in the past. Um, and often those create the best opportunities, right? So 
Do you have like a story where one setback that you encountered was really the gateway to something great that happened to you later on? Well, my car accident has been one of the worst things ever. But <laughs> so I was hit by a car and my nine year relationship ended at the same time. So oh, like shit. my life literally fell apart in one year. Mm-hmm. But and then we like, a year later, we had like COVID and all this stuff happening. But it was really kind of like I burned the house down and I got to rebuild it the way that I wanted, which has been such a blessing. And I wouldn't want to go through it again. And it sucked and it was <laughs> awful. But I've just like, like recreated like my house, so to speak, um, with all the knowledge and all the experience that I brought into this point in my life. So like just more specifically, I haven't been able to like run a lot in the past two years and I haven't been able to cycle as much. So I got a new swim coach and it was like, we're going back to zero. Like we're going to learn how to float again. And we're going to like, like do all the basics again. And I went from loving swimming, but really struggling with it. I was always last out of the water. It was like, I loved it, but I hated that I was bad at it. And I just had all this negativity around it. And now I love swimming. I always loved it, but now I like have progress. Like all the hard work is paying off and I have so much positivity around it. And I never would have had that opportunity if I wasn't hit by a car and like all of these things. So I don't think everything happens for a reason, but I think we can give reason to everything that happens, Mm -hmm. you know, making lemonade out of lemons. So yeah, every setback has sucked big time, but (laughs) it's always put me in a better, in a better place at the end. And I'm always like, okay, fine. It's like a good thing in the end. (laughs) It takes a while to realize, but okay, now that, that I'm through it, it's good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you, you talked a lot that you're like super happy with how your life is going now. Um, so tell me a little bit more or ask a little bit more about um, how is it actually looking and what does happiness and living a good life mean to you? Um, how does does that look like? How is your ideal life? Or? I feel like everyone on the planet has had to think about that this past year with such big changes. Um, it sounds really silly, but a big thing I've realized in my life is weather. Mm-hmm. So coming from Canada, where it's like winter, I've just always hated winter. And some people can't really relate to that, but I've met a lot of people who can. Oh, I can so. totally <laughs> I'm the same. I'm happier in the sun. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um. So I think just living, living in Spain, living in the Canary Islands has just been a really great change for me. Um. And just realizing being outside is so important. I always knew that, but removing removing that like long block of winter where I like being outside, but it's a struggle to get there. Um, It's just like allowed me to be outside more and enjoy nature more. And also just living in a quiet town on a small Island. I like, I like little, I like quiet. I like small. So it just, 
manufacturing my surroundings to be a bit more calmer and peaceful makes me calmer and peaceful. Um, so that's been an important thing. And then I think it's just like, it sounds really silly, but like doing what you love, even if you can't do it as a job or all the time, like just getting a little bit all the time is so important. I think for your mental health, I think as we've all like experienced the past year, um, like in quarantine, okay. The quarantine here was like very strict. I, I didn't leave the house for three months. I took out the garbage twice, but the police (laughs) followed me home. So I stopped doing that. I was really in my house for three months Um, but I had to go out on the balcony like every day. So I needed to, and I had to like work out every day. So kind of breaking down to the basics and seeing, okay, these are the few things that I really need to have in my daily life. And I'm going to keep that moving forward. And it was things I already knew, but sometimes you just need to like see the sign again, confirm it, um, just gives you the energy to like really pile pile into that commitment so I don't think I answered your question (laughs) (laughs) oh I think it's 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 a it's a good answer actually (laughs) (laughs) um what I'm wondering is like you're you moved away far from home where I think you where you knew all the people um then also Iron Man probably is a super time intense training because you mm. have to train the long distances. Um, how do you fit like everything into your life? Like being able to have a job that you're able to sustain you with um, that still lets you to train a couple hours a day, I would assume. And mm. doing all of that in a place where you're, where you basically don't know anyone it must be complicated. Mm. How did you go uh, the, about creating that or how was that created? Well, I'm, I'm a control freak, so it's very <laughs> organized and very planned. <laughs> so with like my work and sport balance, um, uh, first I'm a freelancer. So that really gives me control over my schedule. And all of my clients know there are like five or six like weekends. I am not available. I'm at a race. Like, don't even talk to me. But Uh, I think a lot of, if you're upfront with people, everyone's been super supportive. It's just, we need to plan more. I need to be very organized. Um, And as everyone's doing now and doing more things online, that's what I've been doing for 10 years. So I've kind of like, I've got clients all over the world. Everyone can, everyone's comfortable with like working online and being a bit flexible with like meetings and that sort of stuff. So and turn, it, it can be stressful. Like right now I have way more work than I want. Um, but when I'm not training as much, I bump up the work. If I'm heading into like a big block of training, then I stop taking on projects. So um, I just time it with my training. Um, so that's how I've done that. Um, and as far as like relationships, like uh, we've always moved around a lot as a family Um, so moving around didn't bother me, but, uh, I think it's just like finding, finding a few good people. I've never been, never been a big social butterfly. I don't need like 50 friends. I'd rather have like two or three really close friends. 
Um, and the community on this island is absolutely amazing. I've met way more friends here than I have in the past like 10 years. So I think that's another reason why I'm just like quite settled and happy. I've got really, I've got a really good like group of people around me. Um, and now with COVID, everyone's so good at just staying in touch, like on your phone and like having a chat. So as, as nice as it is to meet in person, it's also really helped me and like maintaining <laughs> relationships with like work and sport can like catch people like a bit easier. So I've been loving that. It's so funny that you say you're not a risk taker. I mean, the control freak, I can see that now that, that you like schedule everything. But if you say, I'm not a risk taker, and I look at your life and like, hell, I mean, everything you did is so risky, right? It's so far out there. Like, if someone tells me I'm not a risk taker, I expect a person to, um, to get a, a job nine to five, you know, at an office, climb the career ladder. Um, maybe hit the gym two or three times a week to stay healthy but like not doing anything <laughs> remotely athletic and go to races that could take away from the work and yeah, you know have the family and the house and the, and the dog and all that stuff yeah. um, so in a way in a sense when I look at your life and how everything is going it to me seems like you took a lot of risks um, and probably as you say you're not a risk taker I'd assume you were afraid at some spots and you're like, should I really do this? This is like, this can, can go wrong, you know? Um, and that's another thing I see a lot of people struggling with and I sometimes feel, struggle with myself. I'm like, I really want to do this, but I'm just afraid it goes wrong and I'm fucked, you know? So do you have a, something that you use to overcome that fear and be like, no, that's the right thing. I need to do it. Like, what would you tell someone who's struggling with being afraid um, my, from taking risk. First of all, I'm like, that's like, I'm always afraid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, we spoke about other people's expectations, just uh, like working with psychologists and doing like mm -hmm. work on myself. I've really realized like a lot of my fears about failure come from other people's expectations. Um, and when I, I mean, you try to have the strength to like power through yourself, but it's also having good support network around you like you know my parents saying like no like go for it just try it like it doesn't matter if you fail like it's absolutely fine and like we're here to pick up the pieces same with my partner like they're just there like when you're tiptoeing over they're like no go it's fine it's okay um so I think dealing dealing with that like knowing the source of the fear it can like just help you deal with it And then also knowing your personality is very helpful. So as I said, I'm a control freak. So, you know, it looks like, like moving to a different co country is super scary. And it is, it's so difficult. People have no idea, but you know, before I go, I like, I've got, okay, I have lists and I need to do this. And I know this person there and I have to do this. I get as much information as possible and that calms me down. And even most of the time you get there and that information is almost useless. <laughs> so like, say, it's probably everything going differently than you would have planned it to. 
but it's like racing. I mean, you do all this preparation, you have a plan, you know what you're going to eat, when you're going to eat, you know, like that corner is really sharp. I have to be careful. And that's my pace for the run. And you get the, like the whistle blows to start and it goes all out the window, but you still need to have a plan because when you have a plan, you know how to adjust from it. Mm-hmm. So that's super helpful in sport. And it's also like really helped me in life. It's just, this is my plan. I know things aren't going to stick to that, but if I know this in advance, when something comes up, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to deal with it. And you kind of have to have that confidence in yourself. And also knowing, as I said, having a support system, like, okay, I don't know how to deal with this. I'm not sure. So I'm going to go back to my family and my friends and get advice and get support um, and get help when I need it. Um, And yeah, I always just think like you've made it through everything so far in your life, like everything in your life brings you to this point. So it's just the next challenge to get through, which is preparing you for like a future challenge. So as, as scared as you are, I think we all just have to like fumble through life, mm-hmm. figure it out and like pat ourselves on the back for surviving. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I love that. It's, it's just sometimes hard to do, but uh, I mean, I've been moving twice to a different country as well. So yeah, I know that. But for me, that was always the exciting part, you know. Uh, once I was like getting to the airplane, I was like all excited, but the mm-hmm. scary part was when I made a decision to do it, you know, I mean, like, and once it's all signed, it's good because then there's like no, no way back. I think it's like when you do bungee jumping or something, you're standing there yeah. and, and it's super scary, but once you jump, it's too late to be afraid of what's happening. And then you just got to enjoy the ride. That's like, I think uh, the thing to do, but it's really making yeah. decisions that, um that are the scary part at least for me I had this same experience like uh like on a big scale when I decided to have surgery because I mm-hmm. I did a year of rehab which is quite a long time and I remember like the I mean it was always an option but I just wasn't like in the place where I was ready to do it and I remember I like decided and I went for a ride and I cried the entire ride <laughs> But when I came home, I was like, okay, I've decided this. And then, I mean, I was scared to go into surgery, but it was like more like, I don't know what's going to happen, but like, I was so settled in the decision. So I think you're right. It's like making the decision is the hardest part. So you think like also sports is a great coping mechanism for you? Oh, definitely definitely it's I think a lot of you know you always hear about people like are in the zone and sport and there's so much uh these days about like meditation and a quiet mind and all that sort of stuff and I realized over the past two years like that's what I like about sport it really gets you in the present moment um and I think especially in this day and age when we're pulled in so many different directions and with social media and everyone's multitasking and everyone's busy and everything's running around when, even if I'm like running through a to-do list when I'm like <laughs> on the bike or something like that, there's enough time in that training session where it's quiet and I'm just with myself 
and I'm just enjoying the sun or I'm like really focused on like my training and my efforts. And it just brings you into your body and into your mind and into the moment. And that's, there's just something so good and addicting about that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. definitely. And it's funny for me, it's often when I'm actually doing sports, it's when I take the decisions then, you know, like everything suddenly becomes clear and you're like, yeah, that's what I got to do now. I know it. And then it's just a thing of executing after that. But it's kind of in that moment, I think we are not really feeling the pressure and the expectations and uh, being afraid and everything. And then just like being clear, focused on what we really want. Exactly. It's it's much easier. Um, So I think one uh, habit that you would so recommend everyone is doing sports. Um, What are other habits that you would recommend people to kind of get their life on a track where they're really happy with what they're doing, where they are chasing their dreams and really be happy with their lives? Um, I think I think it's finding something that like brings you happiness and I think that's that's not the best way to say it but I think especially going through COVID and like when all like so much noise is taken away I think you do have the chance to figure out like what's the noise in your life and like what's actually like I really like doing this. This brings me happiness. This is like worth my time and energy. And I do, I do think sport is a really good way to like give you that space to do that. Um, and I, and I also think it's, I think it's realizing that you have the power to make choices. So, you know, a lot of people in Canada are like, Oh, you're so lucky you live on an Island. It's sunny. And I'm like, yeah, but like, and I know like you just have to make those decisions and it's, of course, it's not as simple as like, okay, I'm going to move and like do my dream job and like live in this dream place and blah, blah, blah. But I think you do have like a lot of control over your life. And if you can, if you can see it as more like making small steps in the right direction, mm-hmm. I think even if you never get there, those little tiny steps are like going to bring you joy along the way. And I, I, like, I think that the same in like my pursuit of professional sport, like, do I think I'm going to be the world champion one day? Probably not. I probably had to start swimming about 20 years ago, but I can get like a little piece of that. And like, that's super satisfying. And chasing that massive goal is super satisfying. Like getting a little bit closer every day is really satisfying. So I think, I think like, you know, the cliche, like, dream big and like go for it but if that means you have to take it in tiny steps because you do have a family and you do have a job and like you have all these responsibilities that's okay like you don't have to get to the end it's just make make a move like make make your dreams make your choices important enough to like take action and even if it's like flossing your teeth every day that's fine. That's like that little tiny action that's going to bring you one step closer. You have that process kind of um, lined out for you. So every day you kind of have a daily goal or let's 
put like a weekly goal for your training, what you want to achieve that will then all those steps lead up to a big way or are you just taking it kind of day by day or you're a control freak. So probably everything's super. Yeah. Which is another <laughs> thing that I love about sport because it's given me structure and I really respond well to structure. So during quarantine, when I was stuck at the house, I definitely had a training plan because that helped me like organize my day. And like, it gives you purpose, makes you feel like you're progressing. Um, and I think you could apply that to um, like anything in life. It doesn't have to be sport. My partner, on the other hand, like he's 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 not a schedule person at all. Um, but he kind of does it in his own way. You know, he has these goals and he works to them like in a different way than me. But I think like that you just need, for me, it's like that feeling of progress and like moving forward. And that like, every time I haven't had that, or I've like been stuck with something, that's when I, that's when I've always really struggled. Like, I'm like, I'm sad or (laughs) this, like, I'm not digging this at all. Like, you just need to find some way to like move forward and progress. But for you, it's more, still more of a feeling. It's not like a smart, like how we learn it in school goal. Um, oh, sparkles. Like... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one of those, I think you need to go through the process of doing that. So you realize what the goal is, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you hear this like uh, big goals, like loosely held. I think that's mm-hmm. what it's about because life comes at you, like things change. But I think if you like, I'm heading in that direction. If you go like left or right to get there, like, I, I okay. don't think it matters. So even you <laughs> are still going with the flow <laughs> and not everything's perfectly lined out step by step. I um, think I've, I've had to learn that as I've gotten older. I really struggled with that when I was young. Like, why isn't this going to plan? Like, I don't like this. <laughs> but uh, like going through like a big breakup, like the car accident, that sort of stuff, you're forced to figure it out. <laughs> Um, so I still don't like it, but like I've accepted it a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like you learn so much going through those hardship and actually kind of learn about yourself as a person and also and one what you got to get better, right? So yes. Then um, do you actually read? Do you have any book recommendations that you would give us? So I, my undergraduate, oh, and my master's was in literature. So I'm a big book lover. Oh, okay. I don't <laughs> what a question. I want. <laughs> um, mm. I just finished 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, which is uh, not something I'd normally read, but was excellent, very topical, um, just on like socioeconomic and like the political implications of like big data and like. Uh, just everything that's happening nowadays. So that was a great book, just different perspective. And then I'm reading, hang on, it's right here. I'm reading this right now, which is absolutely amazing. Um, It's John McAvoy's biography, I guess. Um, And actually he's a friend of my partner's. So I actually got to meet him and then I got this book and his life is just mind blowing. He was an armed robber, like 
in a very high security prison and just changed his life through sport. So I mean, I can connect with that like a little bit. <laughs> um, but he's you were not just... in prison though, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but to see someone turn their life around so much, it's just so inspiring. And he's so passionate, passionate now about like giving back and helping other people like get off like the criminal path and like into sport or just changing their lives and channeling like more positive energy and Yeah, just I highly recommend it. It's an amazing read so far. Super cool. It sounds very good. Like it's crazy <laughs> how much sport can can change a human. It's that always baffles me when I hear those stories. It's super cool. So I think um, that's a good place to wrap it up. Thank you so much um, for <laughs> sharing your story and your beliefs. Uh, it was super inspiring to me. Before we head off, just Let the people know, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you, talk to you, uh, your social media, something? Um, I'm mostly on Instagram and it's just my name. So it's at Sarah Kim Bonner. Um, so that's my social media. And I'm really, really hoping the races go forward and my first big race will be Alp Duez. So if anyone out there is going to that race, like come say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, actually, I'm curious now. Um, probably there were no races now due to COVID, right? Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping there might be some at the end of the summer. So fingers crossed. But I mean, it's more important that the planet deals with the pandemic <laughs> than for us to get racing. So um, if they come, that's awesome. If we have to wait a little bit longer, we'll all just be a little bit more fit. So that's okay too. <laughs> Well, at least you could say your injury happened at the right time, you know, like definitely, you couldn't put it anyway. <laughs> I also know a lot of female athletes who are having babies. So it's like, there's definitely a lot of blessings from this as well. Did they decided to have a baby when the pandemic started because they were like, oh, now I can't compete anyway. So might as well have a baby now or... I, I definitely just... think it was a factor in a couple, like for a couple people, because you do like, it is a reality. You do have to time it. Like you have contracts and like qualification schedules and, you know, your career as an athlete is short. So mm -hmm. it is something you just have to like factor in. I mean, most girls would get kids only after their active career, no? Uh, yeah, I think most of them do, but you see a lot of like the big names in sport that like they're able to take a break um, and then come back. So, I mean, those women are just, that's amazing. The fact that, he, I mean, most of them train like all through the pregnancy and they're just um, absolutely amazing women. <laughs> and, I, and I think also it helps that triathlon, you can what's the peak age it's like past 40 something no it's like 30 like mid 30s to late okay. 30s so it is actually you see especially in long like that's long distance like the mm -hmm. olympic and stuff like everyone's a lot younger but in the long distance you do hit your endurance peak quite later um so it's actually quite like uh, uh, there's a lot of women who have really interesting stories a lot of women have come into the sport late um There's a lot of like highly educated, very successful women just like 
I don't want to be a corporate lawyer. I'm going to be a triathlete for a while. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a sport that I think that's a bit of a cool thing about our sport that you can race quite late. Yeah, definitely. It's like if I come, for example, compare it with uh, CrossFit for us, it's like w if you're not at the top level in your early 20s, you'll never be there. So you got to be already pretty good in the teens, especially now that the sport is growing and yeah. people start doing it from 14 on. It's like, it's 14. It's yeah, I, think I didn't do my first triathlon until I was 26 or 27. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, it, it, even in, in football and stuff, they play when they're like six yeah, or seven. So That's crazy. <laughs> And you really can't find a way in when you just find the love for the sport later on in your life. And I think with, with triathlon or just endurance sports, that's super cool. You can still, like, if you're 20, 25, something, and you start to fall in love with the sport, you can still hit the top level. And that's like. That, I also really like that uh, there's, we have such a big age group component and it is super competitive. I remember when I was an age grouper, it is like, Actually, I've had like more stressful and like like bunches like as an age grouper than I have 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 had as a pro. Um, <laughs> so that's also quite great. Like it just brings another like dimension to the sport, and I think it makes it a lot more accessible. You know, if you're not a gym like gymnast retire at 18, that's that's gone. But like you really have like <laughs> your whole life to come into triathlon, and there's something for every age. Like. There's all these different distances, different styles. Like I love, I love, it's a bit gear heavy, but like you can get in it at any age. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> I like that too. Um, so yeah, with that, thank you so much again. It was really a pleasure to have you on. And for me, it was super <laughs> inspiring. You, you, like in general, for me, it's like, when I saw your profile, I'm like, man, that's that's the kind of life I'd also love to live. You know, <laughs> it's like she's living on an island in the sun. <laughs> you know, I'm here, minus five degrees, <laughs> and just <being> like, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta talk to her. I want to know. Uh, I how she got I there. will say. I lived in the Arctic when I went to high school. So I've done my time for winter. So it's just karma balancing out my life. Then you deserve it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you're ever if you're ever down here, definitely come for a visit. <laughs> I will. I'll definitely will. I'll let you know. I hope we can travel soon again. And yeah. Um, yeah. That that's that's kind of one thing I miss. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. I'm, I'm hoping I'll be in Switzerland in August. I'm planning to do an altitude camp there. So if the races are happening. <laughs> altitude camp? Why do you need that for, for triathlon? Yeah. So it just helps you, uh, like it helps you with training adaptation. Kind of you get like a nice mm -hmm. little boost from the altitude. Um, but also my two big races are actually at altitude. So you just. You got to get used to running like up at, uh, at El Duez. The run is at, uh, what is it? 1900, like 2000 meters. So oh, that's quite high. Yeah. So if you're not used to running at that level, it's, it's very painful. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah. So you're going to, going to run in the mountains here. 
Yeah. So the, if you don't know the course, you swim in a very, very cold, like, uh, like electrical dam actually at the bottom. And then you race up three mountains and you finish the bike at the top of Mount Alpduaz and then you run at the top there. So it's, it's a big one. It's awesome. Of that race. (laughs) Oh, that's really fun. I want to say it sounds fun because more more in the gym and the strength stuff and CrossFit, like short stuff, you know. (laughs) But I mean, it's definitely cool being in the nature and doing that stuff. So sounds really cool. I mean, when you're here, let me know. It would be be nice if we can like meet up at some point. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It would be very cool. Uh, to meet in person <laughs> and yeah thank you again i uh, i really love it it's it was super inspiring to me thank you so much thank you thank you i'll catch up soon <laughs> um, thank you so so much for tuning in today if you enjoyed this show remember to subscribe to the podcast it would really mean a lot to me and you get all the new episodes straight away also i'm gonna put a lot more work into my youtube channel so head over there and subscribe to it pt lucas you also find the link in the description of this podcast and then um, if you want to reach out to me let me know if you like the show or just ask me any questions the best is to head over to instagram at pt.lucas i'm also going to link it below and yeah shoot me a dm i'm always happy to talk to you guys interact with you and help you wherever i can so yeah see you on one of those channels soon and peace out until next time